Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Happy motherfucking Friday! No nod to the fact that it's spring break. Is it, I, I hate using the term spring break right now because it doesn't look like it at all. Yeah, I know. Not at all. But it's a break. Happy break. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I feel good for the parents, the teachers, and even the students to a certain extent. Uh, hey, listen, it's been a long couple of months. A couple of months that felt like a year, and a couple of years that felt like a lifetime. You earned this one. Go ahead and enjoy. You go ahead and enjoy wherever it is that you're going. Welcome to this episode of After 9, guys. It is Friday, the 11th of March. Dave Blizzard joins us. Hey, Dave. Hello, friends. We have a lot of things to talk about, including the, um, the code of the sisterhood. We're going to talk about how much money people are willing to go into debt just to try and land that special person that they've got their eye on on Tinder. We're going to do all that and more in this episode of After 9. But before we get to that, I noticed yesterday there are a number of uh, businesses and schools and so on that are uh, intending to go rogue on the mask bylaw. Hamilton Last night, their school board said, nope, we want to keep the face masks. And the TDSB said, uh, we want to ask if we can have more time. Dave, they're asking for two weeks to flatten the curve. Is it time well, to give them two weeks to flatten the curve? I think Today, by the way, is the two-year <laughs> anniversary of when COVID was declared a pandemic. Well, I think the two weeks will make a difference. Um, <laughs> I actually, to be fair, I I do wonder if it is the best plan simply because of how many people will be going away, seeing other people. Is that still a concern for us? And if it is, then maybe the, the two weeks after everyone goes away for March break isn't a bad time to, to keep the masks on just a little while longer. I did think it was a little odd that that was the time that they said that they were going to have them removed. Well, you know, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I thought the same thing. I thought... Okay, they're either going to do it before spring break or they're going to do it a week or two weeks after spring break. It never occurred to me that it would be the day students come back from spring break. To me, that's a little strange. However, one thing that I think these school boards have forgotten or it's an inconvenient truth is that you're supposed to listen to the chief medical officer since day one. They've been insisting, Ford, you stop screwing around. You listen to that chief medical officer and his advice. But now the chief medical officer's advice is contrary to what they believe, and so now all of a sudden he's just a quack who doesn't know what he's talking about, and we should actually be listening to Peter Uni in the science fiction table over there. So I, I don't understand how you can have it both ways. If the advice for two years has been, listen to the chief medical officer, and the chief medical officer says it's time to remove the masks, why would a, a school board trustee think that they can overrule the chief medical officer. That I don't understand. Can you make any sense of this? And do they have a point? <sighs> Long pause, Dave. I'm, I'm just thinking of, like, obviously everyone has a difference of opinion, but where I'm coming from is what is the basis of the opinion? Because most of the arguments that I, I, I see and the conversations I engage with, people are basing it on, look, I'm tired of this. It's over. Like, let's let's move on. Let's learn to live with it. All that stuff. That doesn't come from a science perspective. That comes from an opinion perspective or just a frustration thing, which I totally understand. I am right there with you. But I don't know that that's the, the most sound scientific 
method here. I, I don't know. Just be, and I'm doing this based on just everything we've been told over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when people are are congregating in large groups, and when you're around a lot more people than you normally are, your chances of of getting infected are a lot higher. Um, and you bring that around to not only your cohorts anymore, like in the school boards, they're going to open things up all together. So it's not going to be the same you know, group of kids that you're with all day long. Now you're going to be mingling with the other kids in gym class or it, out uh, at lunch and things like that. In all fairness, they could have and should have been doing that all along. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the point. But some school boards went rogue on that and decided, nah, nah, still cohort them, still make them wear masks outside. That's what some boards are doing. So, I mean, the boards have been kind of making it up as they go along, even though they don't have a single qualification to do so. And at this point, I I just feel like everything that they've said for the last two years was basically a lie. They said, go along with this narrative because that's the narrative we like. But if it ever strays from that narrative, if, if that chief medical officer, that damn Dr. Kieran Moore says anything we don't agree with, we're going to throw him under the bus and pretend like he never knew what he was talking about anyway. That's the way it seems to me after we've been told for two years to listen to the chief medical officer. The one time he comes out with advice they don't like. Ah, fuck. We don't like this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That's the way it comes across. And I'll give you a couple more examples that are from here where we do our radio show. The University of Waterloo has announced they're going to go against the public health recommendations and they're going to require everyone to wear masks for the rest of the term. Then they're also going to keep their proof of vax policy in place for the rest of the term. That's completely contrary to what Dr. Moore said. I actually really like what the museum in Kitchener did, which is a great facility. They've got a cool Rolling Stones exhibit. They, um, they found a compromise. If you come into our business, you have to wear a mask. That's fine. Some businesses will do that, and they yeah. have every right to. Their compromise on this was Mondays and Tuesdays, QR codes are required to get in. And the reason for that is they understand that they have some clientele who aren't comfortable going out without the the QR codes. They have people that are immunocompromised. So they're going to offer Monday and Tuesdays as the day where you can go and be confident that everybody is fully vaccinated, if that makes a difference to you. The rest of the week is wide open for everybody else. I feel like that's a reasonable compromise. I I do agree with you that it's a reasonable compromise. I wonder how the people who are really gung-ho on, if you ask for my Vax passport, I'm not entering your your business or vice versa, right? There's some people who are saying, if you're still doing it, I'm not going even if I have one. Or um, if if you're going without... Right. Asking for Vax passports. I'm not entering your business because we should stay safe. I wonder where they would sit on an on a scenario like that. Like, do you go on the day um, where you check Vax passports, knowing that they don't check anyone else on other days just to spite those businesses? I mean, I hope not. But it's amazing the stuff that I see happening online from people against that. You know what? That's a great option. That's great. Hey, Monday, Tuesday, if that's what makes you comfortable, you go on those days. I don't know if a lot of places are going to do something like that, but it's uh, it's one way to do it. I mean, I think that we should continue to follow the science and the science has taught us what it's taught us, that uh, the QR codes are very basically ineffective. I mean, we still got shut down with fully vaxxed only. So I don't think we need them. The chief medical officer says we don't need them. But if you, for whatever reason, at your business feel you do, then you can go ahead. That's up to you. The schools, that's a totally different story. Um To the people at the Hamilton board and the TDSB, I'm going to tell you what you guys are doing right now. You're throwing up an objection that is probably going to get overruled. You're wasting a lot of time that you could be using preparing and you're handing money to Doug Ford 
and the progressive conservatives because they will use this for fundraising. People will see, look at that, Ford's trying to do something and the school board saying no again. Oh, let me guess, the teachers union doesn't like it, which they don't. The principals don't like it, which they say they don't. Yeah, that's what inspires people at an election to donate to a party that they want to win. And I I think it's really short-sighted to try and resist this, but hey, you guys do you. I just think it's kind of futile, and I don't know if you're pandering for election votes in October when we have municipal elections or what your deal is, but this is really counterintuitive. If you're going to throw up an objection like this, uh, BC, which is a new Democrat province, you know the new Democrats who are very, very follow the signs, listen to the doctors. They removed their mandate yesterday, effective today. Today, mm-hmm. kids are not wearing masks in school in British Columbia. They're also not wearing them in Alberta. They're not wearing them in Saskatchewan. Ontario's not first here. I don't know why we can't just all get on the same page and move forward, but there's some people who are just clinging to that, that government tell me what to do anchor, and here we are with more fighting. It's crazy to me that this is a thing. Uh, Doug you is- You hit on- Oh, sorry, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, you hit on something in there- um, a while back in what you were saying, but it's so poignant that it's just a total perfect snapshot of everything that's been going on. Uh, you discredit the source you don't think is right. And it doesn't matter what position that person holds. It's again, a bias confirmation that people are looking for. They're not looking to find out what the truth is. They just want to be told that what they thought was right. Yep. So you, both sides of this, of this argument have dismissed people. Um, but when they say something that they agree with, they go, ah, see, so I, I think we are we almost we almost talk in bad faith sometimes when it comes to uh, listening to experts, because if if it's not something that we want to do or want to believe, we very quickly say, well, we can't trust that person until they say something that we agree with. Well said. Let's move on from the nonsense and have some fun here on a Friday. Uh, serious question. And I'll start with you, Kat. Why are we changing the clocks again this weekend? <laughs> Why are we still doing this shit? I, I, What's the point of I, this? I want to avoid any anti-anything from now on. I hate hearing it, but I am anti-change the clocks. I will say I don't like it. I I do think it's ridiculous. I think I know, I know we can find a way to to live in society without having to do this, go through the nonsense twice a year. The only thing I like out of it is the reminder to, hey, change the batteries in your smoke alarm. It's very important. Very good. Very, very important, good. Right? A, That's the only thing I, I like. Dumb, I have a dumb question for yeah. you. Uh, and I feel dumb not knowing the answer to this. We um, knew it was going to be dumb before you said that, but you go ahead. <laughs> you, really, uh, you go ahead and I, ask your dumb question. I just need to preface this with I feel dumb for not knowing this. Um, <laughs> so which one is the original time? Is it spring or is it fall? Fall is the we, original time. When is you go it? back, okay. that's original time. When we spring forward in, in the fall, that goes to daylight, daylight savings. Daylight savings is the one that's so then, like, yeah. What are we getting upset about? We're moving into the future here. Ah, we skipped a whole yeah. hour. Yeah, we, uh, get to, we get to time travel on Saturday night. <laughs> if you guys have a chance, look it up. Netflix just dropped this morning this quick little promo for The Adam Project. It's a movie about going into the future with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo, and they brought in Christopher Lloyd to talk about time travel. And at the very end, it's it's gold. All right, Scott? Oh, my God. You just watch to the end. Go ahead. It's on Netflix, a quick little thing that they put out to promote the movie. It's it's great. Uh, we, we're still going to get to a couple things here. But first off, I do want to acknowledge that finally, Jesse Smollett's attacker has been brought to oh. justice. <laughs> Jesse. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, sentenced uh, yesterday, M- mainly probation, but still 100, I think it's 150 uh, days in county jail, which uh, Jesse began serving immediately and many, many months of probation. By the way, he still says he wants to, like he hopes to be hired by many different people and he plans on it. And apparently he claims that there's a lot of acting jobs coming his way once he's once he's done and once he can work. That's probably a fair balance. Considering what he did, he has to repay the police for the investigation, which was an investigation of nothing. He wasted a lot of police time and resources. He got everybody all riled up and it could have gone horribly wrong. Uh, Yeah, it's probably right that he goes to jail and pays some restitution. I I don't see a problem with it, but Mm -hmm. he is just hellbent on maintaining his innocence, even though all the evidence seems to point towards he faked the whole thing, looking for attention and to further his career. Yeah. I mean, we know his name and that's kind of what he wanted, isn't it? We know who you are, but it's not for good reason. Dave, um, you being one of the executives here in the uh, Chorus Entertainment will probably have more frequent interactions with the other side of the company, the TV uh, folks. Ah, yes. Um, we're going to say that this is all in good fun. If you're one of our esteemed colleagues who works on the news side of things here at uh, at Chorus and Global Television, I, I'm, I'm not going to apologize. I'm just going to say try and have a sense of humor about this because comedian John Christ did this skit the other day that absolutely blew Cat and I away because it's so true. I'm going to play it for you. It has to do with gas prices. Listen to this as he explains how every television station deals with rising gas prices. Gas prices are going up again, and you know what that means. A hastily made story about it on your local 5 o'clock news. We'll start with a still shot of the gas station sign. Then someone opened up the gas tank and put the thing in. Next, we're going to do a shot of the price ticker as they fill up with gas. We'll probably just interview someone at the gas station and ask them very leading questions. I can't afford to go to the grocery store anymore. I can't afford food anymore. We'll show some more shots of the person we just interviewed showing them looking frustrated. I mean, at this point, I'm honestly thinking about maybe, you know, taking out a second mortgage on my house or sell one of my kidneys. (laughs) It's true. Every time you see a story about gas prices on the news, I've seen it like four times in the last three days. It's fantastic. This guy looks really pissed. Make sure you know, leave this guy, ditch this guy mid-interview. Let's go talk to that guy. That guy looks, that guy's driving a a pickup. Let's go. Fuck, he's got a ram incoming. (laughs) Get that guy right there. It's a floor door. Run, run, run. (laughs) It's a little bit older, but have you seen the video? It's slightly off topic, but there was a video... Uh, last year, I think it was, where they were doing the let's talk to a concerned citizen on the street. And I think it was about snow and it was about snow removal in a town. And they were talking to and put it up right on the bottom of the screen. Jerome Aginla, former Calgary Flame legend, NHL Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, and they were interviewing him about <laughs> the cold and the snow. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've dealt with a lot of snow over the years and a lot of cold. The person interviewing had no idea who he was so (laughs) the whole time they're just like oh yeah it's very good insight Mm -hmm." like they're so intrigued by every little thing he's saying (laughs) and he's like it says right under jerome aginla the concerned (laughs) citizen (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it hey it's probably by the way was a nice break for him from the usual questions that jerome aginla would have been asked at his prime right god the same garbage over and over again the best part of it though was that he was talking like a hockey player 
No. You know, you know the, oh, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get out and uh, shovel the driveways and give 110%. You know, yeah, uh, you know how it goes. We and, understand, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. We've got to pick out more on the salt distribution. Like, we yeah, know that. Yeah. Uh, we, we will get to that. Absolutely. You know, yeah, we think that they've laid out a really good, solid game plan for us, and it's our job to go and execute. Thanks very much. <laughs> Um, wait for the report (laughs) (laughs) while we're uh talking uh with with heated and strong opinions here where do we stand dave on cadbury cream eggs best thing ever or total trash Ooh, i'm a mini egg guy mini egg guy yeah Yeah. if i had to go head to head i'm going mini eggs over cream eggs every time what what that milk chocolate what are you saying really chocolate in in mini eggs is like it's it's magical I used to be the uh, the other way around, though. I, I was a cream egg guy oh. forever, but this is uh, it's a revolution in the last uh, several years. So that glad I'm you fixed yourself up yeah. and dusted yourself off, Dave. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, I, 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 my wife's birthday's in in March. It just passed, and uh, she's a big mini egg fan. So thankfully, because Easter's right around the corner, I went out. And was able to buy her like a 20 pound bag of mini Yes, <laughs> like a Costco size ones. Those are yeah. insane. Get it's a barrel a, from uh, <laughs> from the bulk store. Yeah. It's, Just take well, the you whole get a, bin from bulk barn. <laughs> if you get a if you get a bulk one, though, it's more expensive because you pay by weight. So I'm good to go in and get like the pillowcase size full of mini <laughs> eggs. But, and, and then I, so sleep I get a, on it. <laughs> yeah, I get it for her every year. I'm like, this is the go to gift plus everything else I get. But that's always got to be in there. But yeah, mini eggs. I'm I'm uh, I'm a mini egg guy now. Well, I hadn't realized that you'd switched, but okay, that's good good information to have. The makers of Cadbury Cream Eggs have been running a Willy Wonka-style promo over in the United Kingdom. They're giving away 10,000 pounds if you find this very special Cadbury Cream Egg. This one is half white chocolate and half dark chocolate, or milk chocolate on the other side. And of course, it's filmed, uh, filled with the delicious filling inside. Mm-hmm, delicious. You say that. I say something else. But all right. <laughs> 150 of them are at various stores across the UK. Only six of them are worth 10,000 pounds, which is about 13,000 US, which is like 20,000 Canadian, basically. (laughs) So if you unwrap one of these eggs, there's a number that you call and it tells you what you won. Very, very simple. Here's the problem. This guy went to a store and he thought, oh, shit, they're out early. Great. I'm going to get myself a Cadbury cream egg. He opens it up. Well, that's neat. They changed them this year. They're half white chocolate and half milk chocolate. Fucking right. And he ate it. <laughs> yeah, he did. Then, <laughs> well, what else was he going to do with it? Like, yeah. oh, this is a cool one. I think I'll hang on to that. No, he ate it. He wanted his Cadbury cream egg. And frankly, I don't blame the guy. So anyway, a few hours later, he learned that there's this contest on. And he thought, oh, no, wait a second. That sounds awfully familiar. He tried to retrace his steps and go back to the garbage can where he threw out the wrapper. And I actually don't even know if he did or didn't, but I've, I think it doesn't matter because it says right in the contest rules and regulations, you can't eat the actual egg. They want the egg back. Don't eat it or you don't get the $10,000 oh or pounds. God. Now what do we do? This was not thought out well. No. He ate 18,000 Canadian dollars roughly. Basically, he ate it in seconds. He pro- You know what? If you get something oh. new like that, like, oh, new mini egg. We all know they're two bites. He probably did it in one. He probably swallowed that fucker whole. Oh, in the car. In the car. Like, he didn't, he didn't, even, like, didn't even leave the parking spot. It was already in his stomach. And then drooled chocolate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So at this point, the guy can't really prove it because he didn't find the wrapper. He ate the evidence. <laughs> so what do you do in that scenario? I mean, does Cadbury have a way of figuring out whether it's legit or not? Or is it just like, sorry, dude, you broke the rules. I mean, I feel like they should do something for this guy. I feel like they should. I, I kind of feel bad for him. What are they going to sift through his toilet? Be like, oh, let's touch this and see. Wow. Oh, this this was some, the split. Give, just give him from some free stuff. I don't know. Just like give him a case of of Cadbury cream egg. Because here's why. Here's why I think that they should reward this guy. This was not, and you and me and you, all of us know what you know. People who are just out for prizes are all about. And when it comes to contests like this, you just have people either consuming your product in any way, shape, or form just for the prizes. This was just a regular guy that happened to be loyal to your product that enjoyed himself a Cadbury cream egg. He wasn't after that half-half egg. He wasn't going after the contest. This is an actual loyal fan of your product that bought it just because he loves a delicious cream egg. Why did you say delicious with air quotes? That was kind of a bitch move. (laughs) You know I like them. (laughs) Cadbury, if you're listening, send them to Scott. He does love them. But the mini eggs are great. The mini eggs are great. I do agree with Dave on that. But anyway, don't you agree? Like, like I feel like Cadbury, if they caught on to the story, even if the guy's full of shit, like, let's say guy's full of shit, if he actually really likes the product, I don't know, if they could find a way to prove that, can't they just, like, send him a case or something? Like, I know that's not thousands of dollars, but it's something. I think if I lost out on like $18,000 worth of uh, prizes and money and all that simply because I ate a stupid Cadbury egg, I, I don't think I'd want the case of Cadbury eggs. I think it'd be like, <laughs> that's a constant reminder of every dumb time, or every time I eat one, I'm constantly reminded of that dumb time that I ate the, the one that was worth $18,000. I just don't understand the contest. Like, why wouldn't you have, I don't know, God, like, a little ribbon on there or a piece of plastic, something that doesn't affect the weight of it that says, like, do not eat. You're a winner. Like something. I don't know. Like, why would it just be edible if you're not supposed to eat it? Hey, fatty, don't eat this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know if if we've discussed this before. You meet a girl, which you did. Congratulations, you're married, Dave. You You meet a girl. How far into debt would you be willing to go to see that relationship through, to make that girl your own. How far into debt would you be willing to go? Oh, look at look at Scott trying to put a price tag on your wife, Dave. Did you hear that? Tell me how much your wife Dave's, is worth. Dave's connection is all of a sudden lost, and we lost him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's yeah. grabbing the microphone. I want to talk to that, <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> Just yeah, say a million dollars. Just say a million dollars. Trust me. Yeah. No, I got one better for you, Kat. Priceless. Uh, Priceless. Priceless. There is mm-hmm. there is no dollar value that I could put on her or our relationship or how she makes me feel. Uh-huh. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh-huh. I like that. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let's just skip to the important 200 stuff grand. then. <laughs> 200 grand. <laughs> <laughs> they asked 600 people about love and relationships, and all of these people were between 18 and 44 years old. Almost half would be willing to take on credit card debt up to $2,500 to impress a love interest. And the bulk of that would be gifts, experiences, and getaways. Don't have a lot of money, but mm. oh, it'd be great to take her down to Disney World for a week. Better throw that on the old visa. 
You know, I'm kind of sad by that. Are you? Yeah, I am because it. The I know, love part of it doesn't do anything for you. It's, but that's the that's exactly it, though. It should really be about love and that connection with that person. Why do you need to feel like you have to spoil them or give them gifts or take them out to the best restaurants or concert or whatever it is if you don't have the means? Don't get me wrong. If you've got the means to do it, that's a lifestyle that you live. Then absolutely. But don't go into debt trying to impress somebody because I know this is so cliche, but it's true. Okay. If you if they really like you, then they'll like you for you and not all the all the stuff that you do for them. And I do believe that's true for most decent human beings. They're not going to judge you or go with somebody else if you don't if you can't give them what they want in terms of materialistic things. I think we should all know this. If she's going to ditch you based on you not giving her all the finest things or based on you not being willing to go into debt for her, tell her to take a fucking hike. Okay, but wow. let's be honest. I mean, th- there could be other options. Wow, what do you mean, wow? I don't think I've ever, ever in my entire life said take a hike to a woman. <laughs> take a hike, toots. Take a hike. Take a, yeah, take take a, a hike. But no, but if it's... Uh, take a hike, you hussy. I'm saying from... <laughs> I'm saying from... If there's pressure... Dirty streetwalker, get out of here. Take yeah, a hike. The- Move along, you trollop. <laughs> there's a- Move along. <laughs> There's a couple of there's a couple of different um, types of people, right? Possibly, if the person's willing to go into debt, the other person doesn't know it, right? Like you could be thinking this is the way that this person usually operates, right? They go to these 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 places, restaurants, experiences. That's just what they do. You may not you may be oblivious to the fact that this guy's racking up a credit card bill, yep. just as an example, right? right? So, and then when you find out, let's say you're like, what are you doing? But there's also the people that put the pressure. And those are the people, those are the trollops I'm telling you to say, take a hike to. I'm not saying take a hike to anybody. I'm saying if you feel the pressure and if, let's say in that example, she isn't like, what? You're not going to book this place? I don't want to go. Then they're in it for the wrong reasons anyway. Like, I feel like money shouldn't even be mentioned when you're talking about the beginning stages of a relationship. But it is important. Like, finances are very important. And it's important to know that at a certain point in a relationship. Very much so. But you shouldn't you have know, to go into debt. That's all I'm saying. I think I blame The Bachelor for this because you just kind of described what the whole Bachelor experience or Bachelorette experience is on TV where they go, uh, like, how many times in your regular life do you go on a, a helicopter ride to the top of a mountain for a candlelit mm-hmm. picnic? Like, it, you know, these insane experiences. And then the couple's like, we've fallen in love. And then they they do and they, they end up together afterwards and they break up in three weeks because now yeah. they're sharing a box of craft dinner on a Wednesday night yeah. and it's not as glamorous and as glitzy as it once was. And, and your and lifestyles it, it, change, right? I mean, your totally. real life is not like that. Absolutely. You're basically on vacation. So of course you're in the best of moods, right? Yeah. Those shows are, those shows are ridiculous. Well, when it comes to men, three out of four men are willing to go into credit card debt to woo a love interest. 57% of women said the exact same thing. So yeah, everybody's yeah. doing it. It's really yeah. just a matter of how well you know your income and finances. I have no problem going to, I don't know, the Caribbean with my girlfriend and throwing that on my credit card. Do I have money to go to the uh, Caribbean right now? No, but I know I get another paycheck in two weeks and I'll just pay off the visa. So if that's it, fine. But if you have no plan to pay this back and you're just throw everything on the card and we will deal with it later. I want to go away with this person. That's what people are doing. And I think that's where part of the the problem comes, especially if it doesn't work. What if you get down there and find out, wow, this person's an asshole. (laughs) Fuck. I wasted a lot of money on this. I'm going to be paying this off for a year. And it's happened. So many times. Here's another one. 
49% say they would be more comfortable dating someone if they knew their real financial status early in the relationship. Mm. And it's a weird thing to bring Mm. up. I don't even know how it comes up. Are we talking like second date? Third date? There's a lot of people who say you should get the important stuff done on the first date to decide if there's even any point in a second date. So at what point do you say, tell me about money? I don't need to know exactly how much you make, just roughly, and what's your debt situation like? (laughs) I mean, is that how I'm really approaching this? Yeah, yeah. I can I. It is important. I'll I'll start with saying it is very important, in my opinion, to know that information before you get too deep. I don't know about first, second, third date. No thanks. No. But if you are getting to the point where you're serious, maybe you've already met the family right around that time, perhaps definitely before you get engaged. Definitely well before that, if you choose to get engaged, or let's say move in together as a step. You should absolutely know because what are the number one arguments between couples usually? finances money usually right Every time. so it is a very important topic now to know right off the bat like let's say you meet the person of your dreams and you're like holy shit this person's perfect and you find out right there on the first date that the person the person is perfect otherwise but then you find out yeah i owe like you know like thirty thousand dollars and in various loans and debts is that enough to make you say bye-bye like do you have a dollar amount Um, well, it depends because I think there's different financial circumstances that would probably be a turnoff. Hey, maybe you met somebody and they're great and they, you know, they, they're actually pretty good. They have decent credit and they make decent money and you think, okay, this is good. Then you find out they have to pay like $3,000 a month in child support or something like that. So that's a big thing there where that's not exactly how much money they make. And let's be honest, these days you almost need two incomes to afford to live anywhere. That's a great point. I mean, and your their debt becomes your debt if you do, if you do continue on together. What do you think, Dave? Uh, yeah, th- that's exactly right. They, you're, you end up sharing the debt. Um, it's good to have that clear conversation. I'm noticing that people are... Um, they're they're different now with with how they meet somebody it's you know whether it be tinder or whatever um they're not getting phone numbers as much anymore it's more about here's my uh my snapchat just scan that and that's their first point of contact so maybe these people that are in the bars and nightclubs that are that are getting those contacts and uh what's your instagram and also what's your credit score like maybe that's the (laughs) second question it needs to be what's your credit score and then go from there i don't hate it (laughs) <laughs> Could you imagine that's the like the first thing? You're hot. What's your credit score? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, one in four say they think a dating profile should include a person's debt status. Now, I don't know how you put up somebody's debt status, but it would be nice maybe for a credit score. People, I'm kidding. People, I'm joking. No, I think it's a great idea you had but there, listen, Dave. People, Dave is pe- championing <laughs> credit scores on dating profiles. He's starting a new dating app. Just wait for it. <laughs> Yeah. Financial mates. Um, I, I, I like, I like, I would like the idea of knowing. I would like the idea of knowing because it is true. If you do take that a step further, now meeting someone in a club that's so like not, you're probably just out for a hookup anyway. You know, most of the time, right? So certain scenarios, though, if you're on, a I s- resent that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but certain scenarios, like um, I think that I mean, I don't hate. Knowing, but people lie, right? So how could you know for sure? Like people lie through their teeth all the time. How do you know they're not in debt? People hold it. People hold that back from their spouses, from their husbands and wives and partners, what they're in debt, what they're owing currently. So it wouldn't surprise me if that would just be a big fat lie right off the bat anyway, even if you did it straight up ask somebody. 35% have hidden debt 
and or a large purchase from a romantic partner. There it is. Is it the romantic partner or is it your partner partner? I mean, if it's just somebody you're dating, do you have to tell them if you're going out to buy a new car? Do you have to tell them if you're taking a fucking trip on Virgin Galactic up to space or anything like that? Or can you just go ahead and spend your own money? Yeah. All depends what your future plans are together. If you're talking about, yeah, we should get a place together. And then, you know, the next thing you know, you're out buying a pair of Yeezys for a lot of money. (laughs) You know, then they'll be like, wait a second. I thought we were saving money for first and last. What's happening here? So it really depends where you are in the relationship, where you're going next. Yeah. Uh, Let's switch gears here. What was your wife like back in college is the question. Uh, I don't want to make this a sexist thing. It just so happens that a lot of these things are skewing one way or the other, male or female today. So uh, this was the question, the way it was phrased. What was your wife like back in college? Women, they say, who have low intimacy levels in college are more likely to divorce later on in life. Researchers tracked down 167 people who had taken this psychological test 34 years earlier. They found a correlation in women. Women tend to take a more active role than men in maintaining a couple's closeness. So a relationship in which women show less intimacy may be more likely to falter, says the study author. So if your wife or partner, girlfriend, was not a... particularly promiscuous person in college, it's much more likely that your relationship is going to end off in divorce. Hmm. Is there anything to it, do you think? Okay, so I'm trying to figure out what the reasoning would be if you wanted to look at it and actually look at that and say, oh, that's true. Because, I mean, whatever. This is one survey of many, many different surveys about Over many 34 things. years, though. I mean, there, this is definitely something Absol- worked on. It's something worth talking about. Is there something to this? Not knowing what you had been missing out on regret regret like oh i should have slept around a bit more in college exactly and now i'm in this relationship and this is really all i've known maybe they've slept with one other person or two other people or maybe just a small handful and they think i didn't have my wild days is that is there something to that just remember anything more than a small handful is a waste (laughs) (laughs) go on (laughs) okay but Do you have to have that conversation with your partner and and say to them, hey, listen, uh, before we settle down, before I put a ring on it or we walk down the aisle or have our commitment ceremony, I just want to make sure that you got lots of dick in college. Because if you didn't, what do you do no, now? No, from my experience, they don't want to know that information. Actually. That's what I thought. It's, I don't want to know that. It, it's, no, it's quite, it's definitely quite the opposite. No, I mean that's not how you that's not how you gauge whether or not you want to be with a person is how many people you they slept with. But people lie about that anyway, don't they? Majority of people. Uh, Majority, would you say, or maybe not? I think that there used to be a real stigma, a taboo about having a higher body count. That I think has been somewhat more normalized. I think so too. And it was very stereotypical too. Guys with a high body count, it was like, yeah, fucking right, stud. Girls, it was like, oh, you slut. You know? And it was never appropriate that it happened that way, but that's the way it did. I feel like we're much more on an even playing field now. And really, you can come at it from whatever perspective you want. Yeah, you're not wrong. But maybe there's something to it. Maybe you should have that awkward conversation with your partner right now. If, if you and your partner are in the car, go ahead and have that conversation right now. We'll wait. Just ask him how many. Ask there's, probably, there's probably a range <laughs> in there where it's inconsequential, right? Like if it's five and seven, you know, I think it's different than somebody who's three and 300. 
then you, then you may be like, our experiences are very different. Right. <laughs> you, you may kind of think of it that way, but somewhere in the middle, I don't think it really, I don't think it's important. It really isn't at all. I, don't I know. agree. I agree. I don't think it's important either, but it's amazing how many people they know their partner's number like, and, and have asked them. Like that's such a weird thing to ask somebody. It is, and no one wants to like. And and you know, you, you didn't ask wanna... me what I had for lunch when I was sixteen. Why do you want to know who I was dating? Yeah, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't even matter right now because I'm with you. You know that kind of thing. So I understand that. that. Yeah. yeah. The worst part is when somebody gets mad at it, and it's like, well, these were, it's not now. It's not this week. It's prior to us being together. Like they they think like yeah. if it's a high number, then there's some sort of you know promiscuity or you know infidelity and that kind of thing that that's likely to happen with this person and it's like nah this was all before we were together it, it, it strikes me as wild when I see people getting into arguments about it like well I have not their numbers blah 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 and it's like yeah that was before you like that doesn't mean that that's the right. future for you as well or who they did it with you know like, the who oh, is probably not, important than, more important than how many finding out who it is right it's one thing to know numbers but if you find out one of those numbers happen to be someone you know you may look at the person differently. Or if it was Nick Cannon, you'll look at that person differently. You will. Did you have his baby? Fuck Nick Cannon. <laughs> hey, his show got canceled this week. Leave him alone. Which show? He's Doesn't a, he have like 30 of them? You're right. He, that's why he's fine. Him and all of his many children are fine. It was his talk show. Go figure. Nick Cannon show? couldn't manage a, a talk, talk show. show. I know. Well, this is the problem, Dave. Nobody knew about it. Nobody watched it. So Where the hell did this show air? He... <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. I've never it was on the show. last menu page on Amazon. I'll be honest with you, I don't know, but I follow him on Instagram and he posts snippets of it and that's all I've seen. Maybe he needs to stop doing that so people actually watch the show and maybe that would have helped. I don't know. But he's still I got the mass Singer and Wildin' Out and all that other stuff. He's fine. I swear to God, I had no idea he had a show. What was it? Kind of like a Steve Harvey kind of show or like a talk, like a daytime talk show? Yeah, it was a talk. Yeah, it's a daytime talk show. Actually, it's still going to be, you could still watch it if you want because they canned uh, enough episodes that it's going to be on till apparently till like September or something. I'm not, not going to watch it. I'm just glad to know that it, that it's that it was there. How do you can a talk show six months in advance? What they possibly are. can you talk about now that's relevant six months from now? <laughs> what the fuck? Very generic things. Like that's really what it is. Like he's got a, like a man panel, and again, I just know this because I follow him on Instagram. But he's got like a man panel. I don't know a, a, a fashion segment and things like that. Fashion it's segment a, from Nick Cannon. He's got, can you he's imagine? Got, First, throw out all your socks. Leave, you don't need those anymore. <laughs> leave Nick Cannon alone. I'm not trying to pick on Nick Cannon. I just did. I just don't understand what's happening here. Like, how does this unfold in front of us, and we don't even know what's going on? You're a professional like, broadcaster, Dave. Does yes. it hurt a little bit to know that Nick Cannon is hosting a talk show? It doesn't hurt me as much as it hurts me to know I had no idea. And I'm like, <laughs> am I out of the loop, or is this just like way off the beaten path? And I shouldn't know this. <laughs> Let's get to this uh, before we wrap things up. Glamour Magazine is trying to address another discrepancy. We all know. About the bro code. Well, Dave and I know. Do you know about the bro code? I don't code? even know. Like, what is, is the bro code only one thing? Aren't there like, isn't that like a list of things? Yeah, it's a, a lot of things. Like, okay. I would never date uh, my friend's sister. I would never date a friend's ex. There's just certain things that right. bros do. And we all just sort of agree to it. It's like the unwritten rules of being a bro. Just men men calling themselves bros. Oh, just, I know. I ugh. feel dirty doing it. Yeah, I know. It, I'm sure you do. You don't talk like that. Mind you, I'm wearing sweatpants with flat shoes, so I kind of do have that bro <laughs> look going on. You're very bro. All I need right now is a hockey bag or a lacrosse <laughs> stick. But anyway, uh, so Glamour is going to try and solidify a universal list 
the laws of the sisterhood. This would be the female equivalent of the bro code. But first, we have to agree on a certain set of commonality. So here's the question number one. Would you tell a friend that she looks fat in those pants that she's wearing? I would never say ever, ever, ever tell a friend that she looks fat. If a friend came to me and was like, hey, no, none of no, none of the above. Stop. Stop that. No, if Dave a, went on the hussy and trolla uh, rant earlier and you didn't say yeah, shit. Yeah, he's he's on his own there. Um, <laughs> no, but let's say, okay, so let's say I'm out with my friend shopping, which I hate to do, by the way. I, I like shopping alone. But let's say that I am out with a, with a girlfriend shopping and she tries on pants and I, they're really not that flattering, right? You can be honest there and be like, uh, you know what? I, don't, I think that this other style would be better on you. I mean, there's, you don't just, you would never say that. No. You, you still have to dance around it with, but, a, with a friend? You n- I would never say anything about my friend looking fat in something. Like, that's just never something that I would say. Would you say, that doesn't look flattering on you? Which is like saying you look fat in that without saying you look fat in that. But that may not be the point. It's just that if it doesn't look flattering, it doesn't look flattering. You know, like you could say, I think that you're best suited for a boyfriend jean style as opposed to this skinny jean style. You look better in this. If she asks, by the way, and it's always if you if someone asks for your opinion, you don't just give up your opinion if no, nobody asks for it. Okay, but that's right up there with the whole uh, food in the teeth argument. They didn't ask you if they have food in their teeth, that but you is, would tell them if they have something in their teeth. That is so different. You are no, I think that that's very different. I think so. Okay. And by the way, you tell that's not even that shouldn't even be like a girl thing or a guy thing or that's an everyone thing. That's a decency thing. If you see someone with spinach in your teeth, tell them. Tell them. Do Do you have a friend that you would be blunt with like that that would appreciate the bluntness? Oh yeah, I have friends that would appreciate that would that would ask for it. Probably, yeah. Would you be comfortable saying it? I would never say fat. Not fat. Okay, let's go with. It doesn't look great on you. Could you say that? Yeah, I would say, no, I think that you look better in this. Or color, for example. And I have done that, actually. Right. I have had that. Would you want that girl to say it to you if you put on some jeans that are not particularly flattering for you? If I asked, like if, like they're men's if I asked or an opinion yes. or something like that, and they were like, mm, I don't know if the style works for you. Great. Uh, if I asked for it. Again. So I, it has to, has to be initiated by you. It, by the person who's asking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like the person who wants to know. Yes, absolutely. So the question again, would you tell a friend that those pants make them look fat? 71% said yes, they would say something. 29% said nope, not saying a word. But maybe the asterisk is unless they ask. Maybe. That's the circumstance. Would you tell a friend if you saw her boyfriend kissing another woman? 100%. 93% said, yep, I'm going to tell that friend. Yeah. 7% would, would said no. Would you also tell the friend that the person he was kissing was fat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was fat. And they're uh, fat. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 7%. That's not really a good friend, I think. But I, maybe it depends on who they are kissing, though. Mm-hmm. There could be a point there where you catch them kissing and it kind of puts you in a weird position because the person they're kissing happens to be, uh, I don't know, someone in a position of power in your life. So you're like, Ooh, I can't, I can't tell the person because it's someone that could, two people could get mad at me in this scenario instead of just the one. I don't know. Okay. Would you tell a coworker if you saw their boyfriend kissing another woman? So friend to coworker. Oh, what do you think, Dave? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I've been in seminars about this and uh, <laughs> I still have to take that He's one. He's putting his manager hat on. Hang on a That's second. Right. Yeah. What would HR disagree with the least? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I think they would disagree and agree equally with all of it, and it should all be off limits. Like, no touch. She cannot do that. It's all, nope, you don't get involved. Don't get involved. Don't say, stay out Don't of say it. a word. Yeah. Okay. All right. When you bring it into the workplace, all, although I agree. I'm just asking this for, in a salacious manner, but what if it's a coworker that's cheating on their partner with another coworker? Ooh. It depends if I like that coworker. If I want to throw somebody under the bus that day, then yeah, I might say something. And there's a there could be a difference between like a good friend. Like cuz I would never butt my nose in anyone's business unless it's a good friend that if for some reason they found out, they'd be mad. They'd be really mad at me and it would ruin our relationship. Cuz you do have to think of it from that pr- perspective too, right? And maybe the same would go for a coworker. So, get this. When it comes to friends, 93% of women say they would tell a friend if her boyfriend was kissing another woman, when it comes to coworkers, only 39% would say something to the coworker about their boyfriend kissing another woman. Mm. 61% say they would just shut up and mind their own business. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes it's for the best if you shut up and mind your own business because then you're bringing drama. Nobody wants drama brought on to their lives when they like you have to weigh whether you can afford that trauma or not or that stress right and especially if it's a, at work especially at work so if it's a really good friend you're like okay that's worth me being a part of this drama i have to tell them because that's a good friend but if you're like oh you know uh jane in hr do i do i care enough to be brought into that drama because now my name's going to be dragged into this whole scenario no fuck it i got enough going on in my life i'm going to continue on you know it's a good policy to adopt mind your own business that's a good one. And yes, and here's the way I would say it. Not my pig, not my farm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I am not yep. not dealing with that. No, thank you. Uh this came up earlier. Would you indicate to a stranger, another woman, that they have spinach or something in their teeth? I would. Yeah, I, I would too. I'm also the guy who who tells people that their high their, their lights aren't on when they're driving at night yeah. uh, so i'll point it out i'll be honking at them like hey dum dum like we can't see you i'll tell people everything because i would want to know too like um i've done it if someone's leaving the bathroom and their skirts kind of tucked up their butt or something like that i'd be like just so you know you might want to fix your skirt like i i because i would appreciate that if some if Cat. i was like a hot mess that's called fashion <laughs> could you Who imagine you she's, like, judge? Could you imagine? she's like yeah. it's supposed to be this way i'm like well, that's fashion uh, that's fashion <laughs> <laughs> how do you say it you just say to them i think you might want to fix your skirt or oh, are you yeah. like nah girl uh-uh uh, you nah girl <laughs> you think you i say that. nah girl nah girl nah 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 you come back here you let me is get it- that wedgie right out of there for you Yeah, let me pull it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> might take a few people hang on i'll call for backup <laughs> is it along the lines if you say pardon me ma'am i can see your slip yeah oh. <laughs> your slip oh. <laughs> um People okay. aren't wearing slips under their dresses anymore, are they? I no, don't. There's slips don't earn a thing anymore. No, oh, hang on. Let me text my mom and find out. Yeah, like, she used to. I know anyone that. Anyone over a certain age, maybe? No. What was the point of it? A slip? Yeah. I don't know. Well, okay. So there, there may. Okay, let me tell you something. Actually, technically speaking, we've modernized the slip. Slips are now um, like a skims. Oh. So you wear something underneath. So that and skims are like Spanx. Skims are like Spanx. And so we've kind of modernized the slip in a way, That's Dave. That's not so a in slip. A way, Wouldn't that be yeah, more like a on. pantyhose? No. No, it's like a no, sucker. It, no, it it's, it's it, Yeah, like you know what Spanx are. Yeah, but a slip's not a girdle. No, but here's what the, the you to go back to your question, to asking what a slip was for, it's from what I know, mainly it was for so that your clothes weren't any in any way, shape, or form see-through. 
too. It gave you that extra layer of protection in case like the sun hits it the wrong way because you can really see everything in some cases, in some dresses. That's what it was for. So it's kind of an extra layer of protection there. That's what I can say. Like wearing a condom. It's <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't walk around really. wearing one. You know who's still wearing slips? People that still say, I got to put on my face in the morning when they put their makeup on. <laughs> That's who's still wearing slips. Right. My mom used to, to go, do that. Got to put on my face. Put my face if, on. if they've ever used the word ablutions, then they probably wore a slip. <laughs> There's two more on this. This is, again, the universal laws of the sisterhood. Glamour's trying to put them together, just making everyone agree. Would you support a female politician, regardless of her platform, just because she's a female trying to get elected? I assume you're ins- you're asking me this question. It's open-ended, but you're the woman in the room, so I'll ask you. The answer for me is no. You wouldn't. No. So no. you you wouldn't have been one of those people who voted for Hillary Clinton just because Hillary's a woman. Well, I mean, in that in that case, I probably would have voted for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh but, no. But um, yeah, to answer your question, no, I, I would like to hear that. Of course, I'd like to hear their platform. I think that's really Im- that's important over gender every single time. Well, we all assume that at some point, say, for example, Christian Freeland is going to run for prime minister of Canada. She'll probably replace Justin Trudeau. If you're a conservative, would you vote for Christian just because she's a woman or would you stay true to your political beliefs? Okay, so I'll set aside liberal conservative. Let's just set that aside. But let me put it this way. If let's say there's a candidate A who's a male. Right. Who, okay, I kind of like him actually. He speaks sense to me. I His plan's great, fine. And then there's... B, who's a female, and her plan also makes sense to me, and that's great, and they seem kind of in line, I may opt to vote for the female just because she's a female in that scenario. Okay. That's very honest. I appreciate that. One in 10 say they would vote for a woman just because she's a woman, regardless of what her platform is. Only 10%, 90% say, nope, you got to woo me with your policies. And here's the last one. Would you ever, under any circumstances... Date a close friend's ex. Ooh, I mean, no. Well, I think that that's the, tough. the is it is it tough? A lot of people do. It, it is. It's tough because it, it, it ends how it depends how that relationship ended. Um, it depends on like the respect level that's that exists between the exes. Uh, can they coexist? in the same room like if we're going to get together would they be fine have they moved on there's a lot of things to consider here yeah yeah like how serious the relationship could also was could also be a factor yeah. i suppose no yep. i mean i thought it was just sort of a rule like dave if i can't go and hook up with one of your exes because it's one of your exes and that'd be weird if i did that but what if he truly oh, yeah. didn't care what if it what if dave was like go have at her i don't care i'm done with that i'm moving no on, i would obviously. care he would care i would okay. care. everybody okay. would care on some level <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> but I, I don't think everybody would care enough to say um don't don't do it yeah i think I, it's it's hard right because each obviously each situation is different, but in this particular situation, if if I was not able to look at that person and have a cordial conversation and say, you know what, we're friends, we can be friends. I just want you to be happy and truly mean it. Because how many times do people break up and say, I just want you to be happy, but they really don't care. They don't care. Um, no, uh, and they hold on to some kind of resentment. I would I would say it'd be very very strange and very hard to get used to. Um, but <sighs> could I get over it? I don't know. I guess it depends on the ex. That's the thing. And doesn't it depend on like the seriousness? Like for me, it would depend on the seriousness of the relationship. Like I'm actually good friends with someone who dated my husband, but that was high school. Like I don't count that. 
Really? Yeah. We're hmm. all good friends. And I'm good friends with her husband. I, we're all good friends. We all went, we all grew up together, if you will. So for me, I don't, I never thought about it. I don't care. Huh. So this would be the same as, I think everyone understands that I'm in the process of getting divorced. Yes, it's still, still going on. Guys, still. Fuck. Uh, that would be like if, if Dave came to me and said, hey, you're done with her and you've moved on. What would you done think with of her? <laughs> what would you think of me dating your, your ex or soon to be ex-wife? Yeah, I mean, she's my ex-wife and there's no feelings there at all. But I think I would still not be okay with that. Yeah. 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 Namely because you I, want to warn them. Well, that I was wouldn't. a wife. Yeah, no. <laughs> Go ahead if you want to. But, well, that's, but isn't that that's such a good point? Because if you're in the relationship with somebody who your your best friend is dated or, or was married to, can you go to them for advice? Hey, you know when she's really, you know, when she's really mad, like what is the one thing that she does that I need to pay attention to? Like, would you want to drum up those kind of things or ask your friend? I feel like that would be an off limits kind of place. Like you wouldn't want to ask them for help. Like I, I like I may ask Scott for relationship advice just as a friend, but that's not a good idea, by the way. No, I know. I know. I but just if, told if, you I'm still getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> But could I go to somebody and and say I I would like an inside track? You know this person as as intimately as I do. Well, oh. I'll tell no. But hang on a second, though. To that point, let's flip the scenario just slightly. Because how many times have we seen it where? And I love seeing stories like this where the new wife, and usually because there's children involved, ends up becoming friends with the ex-wife, and that happens. It can. That happens like quite a bit where you get along. So not always, of course, there's some relationships that are just it, won't, it would never work. And you're not, not a fan of that new person that's moved on with your ex. But in, a, in some cases, you become quite friendly and good friends, actually, with that person. And that's how threesomes right? come up. Oh, come that's on. how you bring up oh, the three-way God. conversation. Why do you go no, there? That's how you do it. Nope. I'm just saying, but if you want to try it, but just I'm call up an ex. In that case, though, <laughs> to Dave's point about asking asking opinions, I'm sure it does happen where it's like, hey, look, you were with this person, married to them, and had a kid with them. Here's my problem. And they probably are scenarios where they do hash things out together because they have that that one thing in common, being that person. You can't do the threesome with an ex because then everyone has home field advantage and no one has an advantage. Everybody's uh, been here on this field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quickly, because we got to go. Should we tell baseball, just go away for a little while? Oh. Or are we all in? Yeah, they finally worked it out after a 99-day lockout. And they're going to start spring training tomorrow and still somehow ram in 162 games of regular season. Because to be honest with you, I'm kind of thinking... Screw you. I don't even care about baseball now. You guys have just pissed everybody off again. Oh, I'm in. You're in? I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, of yeah. course. I'm of all course. in for it. I, uh, yeah, I'm good with it. I, I hate a lockout. I, I know what it I remember what it was like when the NHL was locked out, and that was, that was a crappy time. I don't want to see anybody locked out. And I know that their problems are like, you know. Very rich, multi-millionaire rich problems. Rich people problems, yeah. for sure. And and so that, that annoys me, absolutely, when you argue about things where a minute people would kill to be in those positions. But that said, it's still a good form of entertainment. It's uh, it's, it's good for everybody to be a part of. I would never not want it to go away. It makes memories and builds special, you know, whatever, family time in the summer and blah, blah, blah. I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's happening. I'm also really glad because the Jays have a team that can contend for the World Series this year. So uh, I would hate to lose a year of them being a fantastic good. baseball team. Yeah, yeah, good. Like you don't want to end up back in a rebuild again. I am all for it.
Mm. I think for Welcome me, back. I used to be such a diehard ball fan and I used to love going to games. And then it was just one work stoppage too many that made me think, yeah, you know what? If I've got an option in the summertime between watching a ball game on a Sunday afternoon or going to sit outside in the backyard, I think I'll just sit out in the backyard. I'm, I'm kind of pissed at baseball. And this certainly didn't help. I mean, I don't know how successful a season they're going to have, but attendance has been dwindling and ticket prices are coming down specifically because there's a lot of people who are giving up on baseball because of nonsense just like this. Well, good. Make the, make the tickets cheaper for the rest of the people then. The All good right. news is if you're going on spring break, maybe down to Florida... You can watch some spring training yeah. this week. Uh, I will say if you are a Blue Jays fan and have never done that, I highly recommend going down to spring training. It's so fun. Dunedin? Really, really good. Yeah, Dunedin. Yeah, it's and it's funny because the stadium is right across the street from a little church. Like it's in a subdivision, like it's in a tiny little little community. You drive through Dunedin and it's all just houses and small little businesses and that and a stadium. <laughs> there wow. you go. There's a baseball stadium right here. I paid like $5 to park at that church across the street. When I went to uh, Dunedin to go to the game, and it <laughs> what was a the difference! Best. What a difference! Was, yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? Like I, <laughs> I can pay thirty-five dollars or forty dollars now, which is insane, down uh, near Rogers Center, or I can pay five bucks and go park at the church <laughs> and walk across the street. Really, is an awesome experience. Really, really recommended if you haven't done it before. They built it, and he went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, guys, we're off next week, just so you know. So there will be no new episodes of After Nine. But given where we are in the pandemic. Maybe this is the time. It's the two-year anniversary of when this was declared a pandemic. Go back and listen to season four and season five, which are all about the pandemic. Maybe even season three, if I remember correctly. Um, Go back and take a listen to some of those older podcasts. It's funny if you go in reverse order because you can hear us getting progressively more scared. If you listen to it in (laughs) forward order, you'll hear us getting progressively more pissed off. It's great. If you want, go back and listen to those older episodes. And we will have a brand new one coming your way, mask-free, on March the 21st. (gasps) Are there any apologies today, Dave? Oh, my gosh. There's a list here. News organizations who report on gas prices. We have to apologize to you. Uh, We also want to apologize to anybody who prefers cream eggs to mini eggs. (laughs) Anybody who uses the term toots, hussy, or trollops. Um, Also want to apologize to anybody who has been called toots, hussy, or trollops. Uh, We also have to apologize to Nick Cannon. Probably something we should do every podcast. Um, (laughs) Leave him alone. (laughs) We should also apologize to people who wear or have worn slips in the past. Uh, And finally, we need to apologize to people who have had threesomes with their exes. (laughs) How sorry are you? (laughs) That's an extensive list. (laughs) Guys, have a good one. I don't want to talk to you for a week. All right. (laughs) See you later, guys. I heard that Kohl's no longer wants to be a department store and is turning itself into a lifestyle brand. Meanwhile, TJ Maxx is sticking with their business plan, half clothing store, half fight club. (laughs) Nintendo announced that it will postpone the release of a new war game in light of recent world news, and due to gas prices, the new Mario Kart. (laughs) And this is fun. Disney just gave a first look at Tom Hanks as Geppetto in the live-action remake of Pinocchio. Yeah. You know, Wilson, the volleyball, saw that puppet and was like, who the hell is he? in a new interview, a Virginia couple claimed that in their over 30-year marriage, they have never had a single argument. And if you want to know what their secret is, lying in interviews. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.